you know, there was a, a time where I had a coworker that was ill. I wanted to like, in that moment, God kind of like put a message in my mind, pray for her right now. And I was fearful because I didn't want to be judged. So I basically didn't. And then I prayed for her later and I kind of made myself feel a little bit better. <laughs> but, but I feel like I think God is going to give us opportunities. Hi, and welcome to the Grotto Podcast, where our hosts, Steve Kim and Michael Yu, have candid conversations on God, family, business, and everything in between. I'm your producer, Josh, and today we're continuing from our last episode as we shift the conversation about how to use our voice and speak up for what we believe in. In this episode, Michael and Steve talk about the challenges that some of us face as Christians to express our faith, even when that means being persecuted. They share their own personal experience with this and talk about how important it is to have boldness and courage that comes from the Holy Spirit. Please enjoy this conversation on the Grotto Podcast. At the end of the day, it's like everything is so clear, like black and white, hmm. like either you're here or you're there. I think this, this gray area where a lot of Christians live, uh, where they're where they could have, they could get away with not like voicing their opinions or just kind of living this gray area of like toggling both sides is no longer viable. Mm. Uh, either you're silent and you become irrelevant or you stand up for what you believe and you have to pick a side. Mm -hmm. And this idea of like, let's all get along uh, in terms of like, Let's all like agree to disagree. Um, is I don't think it's no longer viable. Like I think mm. as a Christian, um, it's coming to a point where you have to say something. You have to. It's just too much. There's like cancel culture. This like mm. uh, this villainization of like even Christian doctrines hmm. and the, even the suppression of like Christian voices, the feeling like fearful of like even posting something on social media, like all these, all these things are like driving certain people to like, forget, it. I don't want to say anything. Yeah. And some people are saying, no, you know what? I, I think that's what God has called us to, to be, a voice in the world to be the remnant. And I'm just reading Luke 2 this week. And I think when Jesus was, Jesus was born, as soon as he was born, he was, you know, the word of God came and he, people prophesied over his life and said, he will bring division. Hmm. He will bring the rising and falling of many. So I think Christ, like the light exposes things and also it drives out, Drives out darkness, but also darkness repels light. And so, so there's, it creates there's, a division. It creates conflict. So I think when there is everybody saying peace, mm. peace, peace, mm. harmony, 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 is actually, I think it's fake. It's false. It's just appeasement. I think uh, I'm not advocating like violence, but I think the when when the Church of Jesus Christ, when the Church of Christ, like exploded in growth was when the Christians were martyred in Rome mm. when they were persecuted before their faith. Mm. And I think whenever Christians appeased 
like society and the governments, then the, we get the dark ages. Hmm. So I think whenever the remnant like says, no, no, this is what we believe no matter what, and you get persecuted for it, I think that's when the church grows. And I, I'm just, I just, uh, I worry about the state of the church, to be honest. You think it's too passive? I think it's not just too passive, it's too, too fearful. Hmm. There, there's a lot of scared Christians out there not wanting to, <laughs> not wanting to be labeled. Hmm. People like bigots, hmm. haters. Um, now, obviously, there's, there's ways to say things, ways to believe, ways to live your life in a way that's loving, but yet truthful. You know, John 8, 23, it says, you will know the truth and truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm afraid a lot of Christians are trying to water down the truth in the name of love, which is not love at all. It's just tolerance. And I would say tolerance is not love, it's self-love. When you try to tolerate people and you, you're really not loving people. If somebody, it's just, it's just a mentality of like, let everyone live their lives. Mm -hmm. There's no truth or wrong. It's all relative. That's not that's not love. Love confronts. Mm. The people who you, people you say you love, you confront. And you, if I love my child, and then there he's he or she is not living in such is not living in such a way that's going to be beneficial for them mm -hmm. and it's going to harm them. I have to say something. If I don't, I don't love that child. Mm. That's what the Bible says. If you fail to discipline your child or disciple your children, then you do not love them. Like God disciplines us and disciples us because he loves us. Mm. Because he doesn't want us to go in the wrong direction. So at the end of the day, as Christians, and we're not going to go out there on a soapbox or like some stand on like on the corner and saying people are, you know, you know, those people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like in your workplaces and in, in, the, in the places where you live, like... You got to be the light, man. Be, yeah. You know, I think there's this, um, like, what would, we what would we say? Like, you know, I, I'll be very open. Like, I, I struggle with this myself because, you know, it is self-interest. You know, you, you look at, you know, you're, you, uh, you're, you're in this, you're in a certain position in life potentially, and you're, you're you have a really great, and you don't want to risk it. Your reputation, <laughs> you right? You risk your reputation or risk your, um, uh, you know, risk your livelihood. You think about your family, you know, like, yeah, you know, and if we were to be potentially like very outspoken in a certain direction, one way or the other, like, is that, does that, in this it's not like as i'm saying it it sounds like a cop out <laughs> but but i think like you know that that's a perspective of a lot of christians of people that um you know because they're seeing the result of people that are being outspoken and then just like struck down like they're being outspoken right. and then they're just struck down they're canceled they're like censored not only are they censored but like you know people just like are repelled from them in a sense and it's something that uh you know there's just examples like everywhere that we see of like uh you know of of this kind of of what's kind of happening and so what should, what should we tell these you know like because i think that you know that there's a big segment of people that are just as you said steve like really fearful of of like well that's um, that's what you signed up for when you become a christian christian you need to carry your cross 
So right. what did, what happened? What happened to Jesus? Like he he carried his cross and he died, mm -hmm. right? So I think as a Christian, there is that element of like expected persecution. Like being willing to be a martyr, I guess. Uh, but that's what witness means. Oh, really? Yeah. It means you're willing to get, it's, I think it, the root word is martyr. Like it's to, oh, to wow. be the light. If I'm correct, I have okay. to look it up. But I, I think, no, you know, we're, I mean, I, I wonder what, what would, if you were not living in this time, what mm -hmm. would you have done during the Roman times when you, if you confess Christ as the only God and then they were polytheistic and they mm. labeled you atheistic because, and also immoral and destabilizing, destabilizing society because of your beliefs. That's mm. the way they were martyred, thrown into, thrown into the lions then, or to the Colosseum for like people's, for fun to see the, you know, what, what would you have done? Like, mm. I don't, I don't know if you can't stand up for your faith now and right. people are going to make fun of you and you're going to lose a little money. Like, what would you have done in those times? Thank God mm -hmm. you're living in these times. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is it's getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. So who are the remnant that's going to stand up whenever Christianity tries to like procure a crowd? That's always the wrong move mm. because Jesus never but he actually repelled the crowd whenever he got like multitudes he said something so offensive people all left mm. he had the biggest crowd he had the biggest mega church at that time he had thousands right. of people listening to him and then he said you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood which is the most offensive thing to say <laughs> to a Jew right it's not kosher man but he said that on purpose <laughs> to test their hearts and he was left with this only this 12 mm -hmm. he went from thousands to 12 Right. Read your Bible. He went from thousands to 12. Now, who, who, if you have a church of thousands of people, are you going to say something so controversial? Like, not, it's not even controversial, something right. that is Such truth. truth. Yeah. And you're going to have a bunch of people say, oh, I'm not, I'm not down with this. So I'm afraid a lot of people, a lot of us are, and I've been guilty of this myself when I was doing church, like just for name of success, growing the church, growing the church. Right. Mm -hmm. And so just don't say anything offensive, you know, just, you know, just the three, three simple points. What I was taught in seminary to get people to like, like the Bible, like the Bible, not even love it. And then have a good, like entertaining sermon. And then they feel like they got their church on that Sunday and then mm -hmm. go back home. And then you just build a crowd like that. I know how to do that. I mean, I, in my heyday, the church was growing in mm -hmm. such a way. But I'm, at the end of the day, I'm like, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. I couldn't be at peace with myself because I know I was compromising. So, what did you wish you were talking about? What did you wish you were? No, I talked about whatever I want to talk about. Right. Go check my sermons, mm -hmm. because my wife said, <laughs> my wife said, "Is this the?" Ch you know, my wife sat me down on the table one time. Our church was growing. He was young, but he was growing fast because I was doing all the method methodology that I was taught in seminary, how to grow mm -hmm. a church. Mm. And then uh, my wife said, "Is this the kind of church you want to do?" Because mm. because when I see when I see you doing church and when I hear you preach, is I don't I don't read that in the Bible. Mm. Mm. Wow, this is like life coaching crap that you're doing. 
although I'm a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's like, this is not for Sunday. She didn't say mm -hmm. crap. She just said, this is not like church. This is not the Bible. This mm -hmm. is not what I read. I want to, if you're going to do ministry, I want to see what I read reflected in the church, mm -hmm. regardless of who comes and who goes. And uh, if you're going to do church like this, I will support you, but I will not be partners with you. That's what she said. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, your wife slaps you in the what head. What was it specifically? Well, do you think like you well know. like it's just my messages like assimilating just kind of like very watered down like yeah like like how to how to, the crowd. yeah how to how to make your marriage better in three steps like how uh -huh. to how to get a girlfriend very prescriptive how to, how to be sentence. how to be a good friend like mm -hmm. according to the bible now i'm not saying those aren't bad those are all good things uh -huh. that you need to do aside from um so aside from the main is these are not main dishes Mm -hmm. The main dish is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whatever the word says, you got to preach it. Whatever you see in the word, you got to practice it. Right? So um, after that, I just said whatever I wanted. But you know mm -hmm. what? It's funny. I, I, different kinds of people came. And our church grew. Mm -hmm. But it was like serious, hardcore people. It was like a remnant. It was like our, our worship was like really serious. Like people were like very intentional Mm -hmm. And so when you don't care about that, um, you know, God, God will do whatever he wants to do. So I think being that remnant, the few that, you know, that decides, you know, not in my watch, not in my lifetime, mm -hmm. at least for me, I'm not going to compromise what I believe and what I value. And so I think if you do that, then at least I can sleep well. And I know I can hear, you know, I can hear the voice of God like Christ I can anticipate it when I die so good job good job <laughs> that's what I want mm -hmm. it's almost as if uh we have to take this radical stance um to to stand up for what we believe in otherwise you know we're we're faced up with all these fears of persecution and being a martyr and things like that is that what it takes yeah I, I don't think you have to like like Michael was saying, what do I do? Do I like post something on Facebook? Like, I'm not saying anything like that. Mm. I'm just saying when you are challenged in your workplace and you you are challenged, you don't just turn a blind eye. Mm -hmm. Like for example, I remember one time I was I was at a mall or something, and I I was sitting beside. I was in a food court, and somebody was. I think I remember this. It could have been in my dream, but I vaguely remember mm -hmm. this. I've lived a long life. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I'm, I think it's happened more than once, I, I think. But I remember like these people were like cursing and like cursing Christ and Christianity. Mm. You know how people like right. totally condemning it, like right beside me. Yeah. And then I, I just had a conversation. I said, what's up, man? Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, and then we just had a dialogue just to like get them to know, like, you know, doesn't what you believe is not like what, is, you know, everything you, you're saying is not all true. Right. And I'm, I'm a pastor. Like, it's just like ability to just say something, mm. but in a, not in a confrontational, right. uh, defensive way. Right. That's just because you're insecure about your, if you're insecure about what you believe, if you're secure about what you believe, you don't have to be angry. You mm -hmm. just have to tell the truth. And if people get angry at you and they're pissed off, you just walk away. Right. But I'm just saying you got to you got to do something. Right. Say something. So 
you know, just to distill that a little bit, that, that, that story. Um, so God's going to give us an opportunity to be able to like do his work. Right. Um, I, that, that's just what I'm kind of like getting from, from that, from that story, that message. Um, and you know, I, I've certainly failed many times when given an opportunity to do God's work. And I've, I've shared that. I think I might've shared that a few times. There was, you know, there was a, a time where I had a coworker that was ill and, um, like with this pretty serious, and I wanted to like, in that moment, God kind of like put a message in my mind, pray for her mm. right now. And I was fearful because I didn't want to be judged to, mm. I didn't want to be judged. So I basically didn't. And then I prayed for her later and I kind of made myself feel a little bit better, <laughs> but, but I feel like, you know, that was something that, you know, I think God is going to give us opportunities. Like, like Steve was saying, like that time in the food court with these people that are, um, you know, cursing, um, something that you believe in that's, that's good. And, and, um, so mm. I just, so I think that there's elements of God creating an opportunity, but also just like, I was, like we we're talking about, about like having that like inspiration, having that, like, you know, whether it's in meditation, prayer, or just like instantly to be able to do God's work and to be able to, to share, uh, the, the message, right? Mm. Uh, which is what we're called to do as well. So I think it's kind of like, but, it, it, you know, and again, like just what Josh was saying uh, about feeling a bit like, you know, like you're going to be a martyr. But I actually think that because I've given, I've been given some other opportunities to do the same thing. And then I actually, and I've actually, uh, like I've prayed for people. Um, you know, I've, when sometimes over the phone or sometimes when someone tells me something that's going on and you know, I haven't had like, it's actually only been a positive. Right, it hasn't yeah. been kind of a, like it hasn't been what I expected it to be. Like Steve, in that case with the food court thing, how, what was the reaction that came back? No, it's just like conversations and dialogue. But I think at the end of the day, well, what I'm trying to focus, trying to say is, um, well, nobody, nobody in my, in my experience, 99% of people, when you say, can I pray for you? People are like, it doesn't matter if they're Christian. They'll say yes. Yeah. I used to go door to door and, Hey, can I pray for you? Well, we were, we're from this local church mm -hmm. here, you know, a prayer request. It doesn't matter. They're Sikh, atheist, Muslim. It doesn't matter, man. They're Jewish. They're like, sure. Pray for me. Mm. Cause nobody rejects prayer. Mm -hmm. But what they do reject is what that sim uh, symbolizes for them. Mm. Are you a Christian? And then eventually, if you get to know them, they'll ask you, is this what you believe? Do you believe there's only one God? Mm -hmm. Like one way? <laughs> one Savior? Yes. Do you, so you're saying that we are all wrong? Mm. Yes. That is the essence of Christianity. So I don't know if any Christians are listening to this, but the idea that all these other religions like point to God is actually heresy. As a Christian, the Bible is very clear. There is only one way, one mediator between God and man. That is Christ. He said, I am the only way. I am the way. The word I am is actually in the, he, in the Greek and the Hebrew, I am the I am. He's saying, God, I am God. I am Yahweh. I am the only way. Hmm. That's what Jesus is saying. 
I am the I am the only way. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So it is it's it's not it's not it's it's not a controversy in terms of like biblical interpretation. Every Christian knows this is the truth. But now when I ask some Christians, it's really funny. I'm like, like, well, there could be other ways. <laughs> God is great. I'm they are mistaking common grace with specific grace. There is common grace. God mm-hmm. has like given us an idea of, of him. Like people just without if they never heard of like Jesus Christ or the gospel, they just know there's God. That feeling of like some power out there. That's mm-hmm. agnosticism. They're the agnostic. But God has turned on the light color. And now we know specific mm-hmm. grace. It's Christ. So I know that makes us feel that makes Christians feel like we're bigot, we're like narrow-minded and but that is that is your faith. If you don't want to believe that, if mm-hmm. you have you're offended by that, then you can't be a Christian. It's not an option. It's not like, oh, you know what? I'll just forget that part. And then all the good tenets of like Jesus and loving and hmm. be kind to your neighbor. That's not the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's the effect of the gospel. The mm. message of the gospel is that Jesus Christ, Christ being, he's, Christ is not, the la, is, not last, is not the last name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, the anointed only one, one. Mm-hmm. the anointed, the only one, the Messiah. So that is the essence of our faith. And what I'm saying is when people, when you start to, so you have open doors, eventually people are going to ask you these questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can't water it down. Mm. You can't say, for the sake of like, oh, I want, to, I want them to keep coming to church. I want them to feel, apolo- I want them to feel good about Christianity. No, there's going to be a point of confrontation. Right. And if you're not willing to do that, you can't, I'm sorry, you can't say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm just sorry. I <laughs> I know this sounds harsh, but I've been saying this all my life. Like you can't compromise that in any way. And what I see is a lot of compromising, mm. uh, in, especially in our North American, especially in our Vancouver culture. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of like accommodating uh, because they don't want to offend. Okay. But the gospel is offensive. So you're saying that, you know, in the church... There is a lot of fear. So do you think a main element that's missing is this boldness and to have this courage to, you know, stand for what we believe in and, and speak for it, um, you know, uh, at the risk of being, uh, you know, hated on or, or, or whatnot. So do you think um, do you think it's it's a, like lacking a fear of God? It's that it's the reverence, but of it's the reverence for God. But it's like no human being can conjure up boldness and courage that can co- that can propel you into a, being a witness or even a martyr. Hmm. You can't just say one day I just got to be more bold. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. It's a supernatural boldness, hmm. like the apostles, like in Acts, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they mm-hmm. said there is a boldness that people like Stephen being martyred, like the decide, all of them got, the, all of them got martyred except John. He got mm-hmm. exiled. I don't know which is better. <laughs> I'd rather die mm-hmm. than live in an island by myself. I mean, 
But he wrote Revelation, so I don't know. But <laughs> right. at the end of the day, like, they are all, what, what, what caused them? These guys who, like, ran away when Jesus was crucified. They mm -hmm. all fled, right. except John. Mm -hmm. But how did they come to this point of this boldness? It wasn't all of a sudden they decided, I got to be more bold. It didn't right. happen that way. No. Okay. It was the Holy Spirit that filled them. Mm -hmm. And the the actuality of like the message of Jesus being real, like all that Jesus said is real. And yet, and at the same time, they were filled with power from on high. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I, what, when you don't seek that, when you go to church, which is one of the main things, and also in our daily lives, if you're not seeking for the filling of the Holy Spirit, like baptismal, of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The word baptismal is means immersed. You're immersed in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen just because you meditate and you pray. It also because you see. Like you see the active working of God in your life, in the world. What is God doing in the world? Like just that idea of like God is real. He's working. This Bible cannot be contradicted in any way hmm. like and i believe without a doubt like i'm willing to lay my my life for it then that's when you get boldness but when you're when you when you say when you kind of ascribe to being a christian and you and it's just become more of a religion for you then you'll have no boldness mm -hmm. because it's not worth it Mm. It's not worth the cost. It's not worth your job. It's not worth anything. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I, it's not the first thing you need to do is like, do you do I believe in this gospel? And if I do, and then you should pray, God, manifest this gospel in my life that mm. is so real. Mm. And fill me with the Holy Spirit that I have the boldness that you want me to have so that I can be a true witness of the truth of this message that you've given to me mm. so i think the first thing is you just really got to have a sit down with yourself mm -hmm. and really just have a dtr moment with yourself define the relationship with you and god you just you and god and just decide what do i believe man what do i really believe and that's what i did my fourth year of university because mm -hmm. i've been i went to church since i was 13 i got saved in the church uh, but my fourth year, I'm like, I was partying real hard, and then I, I was gonna go to church. I was gonna be a good Christian because I married a good Christian girl. I was gonna marry a good Christian girl, and then mm -hmm. I, and then I realized this is bullcrap. Like really, mm. I'm sorry, but this is. Can I say bullcrap? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> bull doo doo. I'm like, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm like, is this what Christianity is all about? Mm -hmm. Like then I can be anything. I can be. I can go to. I can be a Buddhist. <laughs> I can do mm -hmm. whatever. I can be, whatever. Like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. And then I, I really had a DTR moment with God, and I'm like, I want you to be. I need you to be real, and I need this gospel to be the to manifest in my life, and let it be real and true. Mm -hmm. And and I went on a, a quest for a whole year, and I said, if you show me. This is to be true, mm. undoubtedly. I will give. I will do whatever you want. I will give my whole life to you, because there's no point in living 
because I was on my way to being a lawyer, mm -hmm. making a lot of money, hopefully. Mm. But um, what I was, was that journey? What was that questing? Yeah, it sounds like it's yeah. it's you're seeking like this truth, like ultimate truth. Yeah, I don't want to just placate myself with going to church that I've been doing. I, I was doing going to youth groups and college ministries and and this kind of like routine of like religion that mm -hmm. makes makes us dull to spirituality like faith like the real reality of god mm -hmm. and i didn't want to worship an idea because you know how like you know how like people date and then they they love the idea of dating but they don't really love the person mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it's very powerful emotions people are like oh they and they, they stay together just because they like the idea of dating idea mm -hmm. of a boyfriend wow. But for me, I didn't want to worship an idea. I wanted to worship the, I wanted to love and worship the person. I want to fall in love with the person. And for that to happen, it's not just reading the word. It's actually asking God to manifest himself. Mm -hmm. Take the scales off my eyes so I can see you clearly. Mm -hmm. And work in my life in such a way that I can, I can never doubt you. And then speak to me so clearly that I will give my life to you. Mm -hmm. Like Moses and the burning bush moment. So I had that. But I, it took me a year, every day praying. But it wasn't like hours of praying. I was in my little Suzuki sidekick <laughs> in university. Every morning, about 10 seconds, I would pray. But sincerely, God, another day, but I'm asking you to show, your, show yourself to be real in my life. Hmm. And if you do, I will give my whole life to you. Mm. I will do whatever you want. That's how I became a pastor. Mm. Because he showed me and I, I was like, oh, I cannot doubt. Oh my gosh, what do I how do now? How did he show you, Steve? Well, for me, it was like, I was in uh, Urbana 93. I was worshiping with about 18,000 people. Mm -hmm. And uh, my wife and I, my, my girlfriend and I, we were there, Sonia. And we decided, you know what? We're going to go. Because we were like hungry. So one of the things that I did promise, I what I did, I made a deal with God. I said, wherever you are, if I hear of some kind of rally or revival or a mm -hmm. meeting, I'm going. Okay. So I'm going to give myself to you. Mm -hmm. And but then now you have to show me. Right? So you got to imagine I wasn't walking with God like I was partying every weekend. I was <laughs> even while doing this praying. I was partying. I was at the club every Saturday. <laughs> you know. You know what I mean. So it's not like I was this holy man. I was just like, I was in this place of like this decision. Like you right. need to show me. So, but then, I mean, there was opportunities to go. A friend of my, a friend of mine would say, "Hey, man, there's this like church meeting this Saturday." And my other friends were like, were like, oh, there's this happening party at, uh, in Toronto. We should go. And then I had to make a decision. Mm -hmm. So I have to go with this friend that I hardly talked to that said, oh, there's a revival meeting. And then go with my friends to a party that I'm, I really wanted to go to. So I mm -hmm. went to the revival meeting. Mm -hmm. And I did like things like that. But then at this revival meeting, this guy was speaking. And I was at the back. And I was paying attention. And it was like 500 people there. And But when he spoke, it was like God speaking to me. And then I gave my 
life to Jesus again at that. Mm-hmm. I was the only one that stood up. Mm-hmm. 500 people because I thought this message is the most amazing message. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give my life to God. I'm sure there's going to be hundreds. Mm-hmm. I was the only one. Wow. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people a lot of those people knew me because he was my former church and people knew that I was like backslidden or I was like that guy. Right. The dark sheep dark the dark, dark sheep. sheep. He's yeah. got he's got demons all around him. Kind of like <laughs> that dude. And then I when I walked people there was I could hear almost a gasp. <gasps> Mm. And then I like I cried for like three hours, not sorrow, like worldly sorrow of re- like regretting things I did, but the love of Jesus. Like I can't mm. believe He loves me, still. And then I kept going, and I went to Urbana '93. I went to this missions conference, eighteen thousand people, and mm-hmm. I heard, and then I heard Rabbi Zachariah speak, and that's when I think my heart was more akin to hearing God, more like sensitive to hearing God, mm-hmm. and I. I felt like I heard the audible voice of God and I had a clear vision mm. of like the Lord calling me to give up everything. Hmm. Give up everything to do ministry. Wow. But that was also a couple months, a few months of like struggling. I felt it. Like, you know, that voice, but right. then I'm like, forget it. No way, man. I'm not going to be some, no poor pastor. Forget it. <laughs> right. I'll be the best Christian ever, but no pastor. <laughs> but it was like that pull, right? And mm-hmm. then it was like the undeniable voice of God, like almost audible. I can't, you know that voice when you go to heaven and when Jesus, God says, did you hear it? Did you hear it? I can't right. lie. I can't lie. So I can't pretend like, I don't mm-hmm. know. It could have been something I ate. Like it was, <laughs> Right. So like that, a lot of those things, moments happen. And, and then throughout my life, there's been so many encounters uh, of God working. So I can't, mm. no matter what happens in my life, no matter the dark moments or the dark valleys, I have like uh, like 30 years of history with God. Mm-hmm. And you got to build that to, to be that bold spokesman. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's my that's my little testimony there well that's great uh, yeah, yeah i have a question like yeah. um i know like I'm, I'm sure as you're pastoring some people would come up to you and say well maybe i don't have like a, a radical testimony like that and i haven't heard god in that way um what would you say to that like would you encourage them just to really still like seek to have that heart to heart um, cause I know there are a lot of, including myself when I grew up, um, like there are a lot of Christians who grew up in the church and never really had that like transformative experience. So here's what I would say. And I've answered this question many times on the pulpit and mm. as a, at an individual level too, it's a, <clears throat> God does not force himself on you. He's, he's not, he doesn't force his love on you or force his presence on you doesn't work that way like if you even read the sovereignty of god like how god works in our world it's always in partnership with us Mm -hmm. and so at an individual level um we come face to face with choices all the time and when you make choices for god what is true so you may not have the most like your your faith is like not the most solid but you heard some you heard something you believe one thing to be true and then you have a choice 
right? Mm-hmm. And you choose what you think God wants you to do, then he backs that up. Then that's how you have, you have any, like your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Like he backs up your choices. Mm-hmm. And the world might say, this is the worst choice you could ever make. But you choose the one thing that everybody says, don't do that. But you do that. Right. Because you believe that's what is right and what is true. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, then he'll back that up. And when he backs that up, then you have like a history with God. Like, hey, I have a testimony. God backed that choice up. Right. So to the little things, to the big things. And then when you start living your life that way, um, it starts to increment. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the manifestation of God's presence in your life becomes even greater. And it be- and the scope of your decisions becomes greater. And then the, his presence and his active working in your life mm-hmm. is even greater so uh at the end of the day we have to make choices Mm -hmm. it's not enough just to read the bible in your closet and pray you actually gotta do you gotta make and people come face to face with those choices all the time right and you, you, you you gotta start making it um when i was in seminary we had we were international students we had no money Mm -hmm. Like my my dad just barely paid that obscene tuition to seminary. Right, it was obscene United States. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that should be against the law to charge future pastors that much, right. that much money. <laughs> but we had nothing. Like we didn't have hardly any food. I mean, and my wife was offered a job, mm-hmm. and she somebody said we'll pay you under the table. Like $2,000 a month mm-hmm. just wow. for doing some clerical work. Right. He said, we're doing a favor for you. Like, we believe that this is what God is calling us to do. And that was like, in my mind, breaking the law. Mm-hmm. You want me to break the law, but that's what God wants. But then I was so desperate. I'm like, my wife, we said we pray about it. And my wife and I were really struggling. Mm-hmm. Man, that $2,000, I mean, we don't have to eat like ramen noodles anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> we were just thinking like, oh my gosh, we don't have to worry about money. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, I went, and then I, my, uh, I went to church and then I, I heard my f- future mentor, but he wasn't my mentor yet. He was right. speaking and he was talking about compromise. Mm. And I, mm-hmm. I just went home. I, 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 I told my wife, I think we just can't. God's, we, I think we were actually in the parking lot. I told my wife, you heard what I heard, right? What did the Holy Spirit yeah. say? She said, no. We can't do it. Yeah. And I said, me too. We can't do it. <laughs> right. And so we said, no. You know how, how much we suffered? Wow. Because of me, mm-hmm. with that one decision. Yeah. All my American friends are like eating like in and out burgers every day. Right. And like, I'm like, you want to come? Uh, no, no, we'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> we, have no, we have no money, man. Right. But that decision like propelled us into making decisions about money mm-hmm. without compromise. That has blessed us so richly mm. in the long run. Mm. Yeah. In the long run, I think uh, we've been blessed. Yeah. So I could test, that's why I can talk about money and testify to it without compromise. Mm-hmm. Because if I did, if I co- compromised, right, I wouldn't be able to talk about it. 
Right. I would always be like, well, you know, there's like gray areas. I would always right. say that because I'm justifying mm. my own actions. But if I live by the truth, I, I can just say whatever I need to say. Wow. Mm-hmm. I could just, because I, I live it, I practice it. No compromise. Yeah, it's tough to make those decisions because you know I think when you're in the when you're in that when you're in that position you know it's just um, it feels like God's giving you like this like opportunity almost or you right. know in, in, in a lot of cases but I think that yeah those those small decisions it's it's that short term versus long term thing and obviously when you live a principled and valued life and, and in existence there's a long term obviously like an eternal benefit so but i think on that note i think we're gonna make this a two-part right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on that note guys thanks so much for listening to the uh the grotto podcast uh if you've enjoyed this podcast please uh give us a rating and a review until next time thanks so much for listening